afternoon. Welcome to Network Outdoors, the podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Malson, and today I'm here with a very special guest. Haley Hahn is joining us from Indiana. Haley, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks, Brandon, so much for having me on. It's yeah, fun. absolutely. Uh, we, we've, um, I think ever since the first time we met last summer on the river, mm-hmm. we've been talking about a podcast, and you have been hesitant about getting on the podcast acting like you don't have much to say, but from the first time uh, me and the whole group saw you fishing, it is very apparent that uh, the world needs to know what you're all about, especially um, when it comes to river fishing and winter steelhead. What do you think about that? I love it. I mean, I'm very passionate about it. I grew up doing it. So it's, uh, yeah. Well, to talk about. We could also, you know, as as another podcast at some point, we're going to have to talk about your your adventures um, on saltwater too, and in big water, and and you can, of course, you'll you'll probably uh, share with us a little about that today. But how how about this? Um, you want to start us off? Tell us how in the world you got the the fishing bug. Um, so I my parents grew up on a lake. They have a house on on the water, and um, every Sunday that was what was. Uh, me and my dad's way of getting out of church was to go sit on the boat and listen to the oldies and John some more. <laughs> awesome. And th- that was uh, how long ago? Um, I started fishing when I was very young. Um, and then I got to the point of, uh, you know, I was the one that was launching the boat every morning and waiting on my dad to get on the boat rather than he, him waking me up and saying, hey, it's time to go fishing. You ready to go? And I was already up at that point and had the boat in the water and just waiting on the old man to get on. Oh, that's beautiful. And and you still, you still do that, um, for any of those and, and we'll, uh, um, share social, social handles at, at the end here. But for anybody that follows you, um, you, you, I mean, your, your whole thing is, is pretty much is fishing, whether it's big bodies of water on the boat with, uh, with your fam. Um, but a lot of, a lot of river stuff and, um, we are in the the midst of winter. Uh, it, it was looking like we weren't getting snow, but up here in Michigan, at least, we we just got dropped on a, a handful of inches in southeast Michigan. Here, how's it in Ohio or uh, in Indiana right now? Um, we pretty much have no snow left. Uh, we got about two feet of snow, and now um, there's about there's nothing outside. I mean, we have a little bit of you know frozen piles, but other than that, everything's pretty much runoff. Everything's melted. Um, and now we're just seeing a couple weeks of rain is what we're dealing with. So we should have a huge push of spring steelhead this year. And, and you're, you're, um, before we get into that real quick, you're a, you're a, you're a captain. Yes, I am. I do have my, um, 25 ton captain's license. I got that up there on, um, St. Clair Shores. Oh, okay. Chesterfield. Yes, the last or the year that I did it was 2019. And that's when he stopped doing his the business. He's taken on another role somewhere else. But you've uh, you maintain your your captain's license. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. I've, I've used it. Uh, I chartered Lake Michigan out of Michigan City, Indiana, and then I also used it down in Key West. I ran a boat down there on the saltwater. Jeez, that was all fly fishing, wasn't it? Um, most of the part, yes. Uh, fly fishing, no, not up here. It was more trolling for kings and lakers and stuff like that. And then you know you start your season March first, going out for coho. That's awesome. Um, and right now, uh, following you, I see a lot of story posts about um, center pinning and, and chasing winter steelhead here. 
Um, how, you know, how about this? Where, where do you, you're, you're in the Northern part of Indiana. Yeah. So I actually fish all of Michigan waters. Um, there's not really too good of fishing here in Northern Indiana. Um, when the fish are in Shrub Creek, it's, it's pretty hit or miss. You no, know, normally you're down there, you know, fighting the locals or fighting people that are coming from Chicago or Canada or anywhere like that. But, um, my main body of water is the St. Joe river in St. Joe, Michigan. Okay. Talk to us a little about that. What, um, how often do you fish it? What do you, uh, what are the runs like time of year? Um, I fish it a couple times a month, depending on pretty much the weather. You know, I'm always looking at the weather gauge, um, looking at how much water is flowing out of the dam. If they have, you know, a dam schedule up. Um, we used to have a camera down there that used to show like all the fish going through the, the fish ladder, but they took that down a couple of years ago just because they don't have the funds for it to run it. Um, uh, I started pretty much fishing the St. Joe in about um, 2015. I came home from Alaska, so I picked up my first fly rod before I moved up to Alaska. I was up there um, working at a lodge, and um, I looked up a lot of YouTube videos because, you know, you go to Alaska, you hear people fly fishing. I mean, that's the big thing to go to Alaska for. So I picked up my first fly rod um, out of Bass Pro just your typical eight weight fly rod, uh, went up there and I had no idea what I was doing. You know, my dad's not a river guide or a river guy. Um, he's more, you know, he wants to drown worms or chase crappies or anything like that. So I, you know, I didn't have anybody to go to about river fishing. So it was completely, you know, I, I relied on, you know, Facebook, social media, um, watching lots of YouTube casting videos, um, a lot of good Orvis casting instructors out there that I really dialed in and, um, so I started chasing fish on the St. Joe after that. Um, and then uh, I had a buddy that guided on the, um, the wall jack that a branch off of the St. Joe. And he really helped me get into more of learning how to cast the correct way or singing flies, understanding, you know, what to run at what time of the season. Um, so it, it, it was all hundred percent a learning curve for me. And I just completely took it on. It was my way of, getting out and de-stressing from work. You know, I've always worked in a manufacturer factory and, um, you know, just taking time for yourself is a great way to get on the water. Yeah. Gosh, you've been, so wait a minute. You live in, you live in Northern Indiana. You fish mm-hmm. primarily Michigan rivers. You yep. chartered a boat on Lake Michigan. You lived up in Alaska fly fishing up there for, for a living. You were down in Florida running a charter boat, fly fishing saltwater. And then you did, you did a, a stint in, in Tennessee too, right? Yep. Yeah. I was a, a guide um, there from Blackberry Farms, uh, the chalet out of Tennessee. And I was, a. I did a couple trips on the property and then we went into the Smoky Mountains. So that was all completely new to me. You know, you got very clear water. You got very small rods compared to your steelhead. Um, you know, you're, you go from a size 16 fly to a size 24, 22 midge. Really? Um, so all completely new to me. So wow. it's been a fun adventure over the last couple of years of, you know, my feet wet in the river. Interesting. So let's, let's your, your home river. Let's call that St. Joe. And that that gets a nice steelhead run through. What what are what are the uh, what are the run times? Um, so we'll see our 
um, spring steelhead, you know, around March, beginning of March, when all the ice is, um, we get the good runoff, we get, start getting the, um, spring rain, and then you have, um, we get summer Canadian down here, so we have a steelhead run in the summer. I mean, the tank top catching steelhead, which is pretty sweet. Um, and those pretty much happen in um, Trail Creek, Michigan City, Indiana. And then um, you got your fall run. Um, we have kings that will run that all start in September and run for a couple months, depending on the weather, of course. And then you have your winter steelhead, which normally starts around end of October, November. We'll get a good push of fish. Huh. And so when when do you uh, when are you spending time out there targeting them? Um, pretty much all year round, but my favorite is winter steelhead. You know, you don't have the crowds out there. You don't have to fight people to get in certain holes. Um, it's magical to sit there and center pin and watch the snowfall. Oh yeah, man, that, you know, it's, it's interesting that you said that because so, so often people are talking about gosh, I had a great time. We, we crushed a limit or we, we just caught so many or, or gosh, we had, you know, it was, it was a terrible day. We didn't, we didn't get into them at all, but, um, I feel like if you do it enough and it, and it sounds like you feel similar, you're out there. There's just so much more. There's so many more things going on that, that makes it enjoyable watching the snowfall, the, the animals around you. It has nothing to do with fishing. It's just being in that environment absolutely it's very relaxing and that's why i do it you know you forget about everything else that's going around you in the world and you know your mind just goes blank and you're so focused on you know figuring out the fishing you're listening to the birds you're watching the water um it's it's just 100 relaxing yeah what okay let's get let's uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here let's get a little technical so on, on the winter specifically, winter is historically known for it's 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 a, it's a challenging time on the river, especially when you're when you're looking for steelhead. You're in between runs that that October, that March, April time frame, but they're in there, and and whether they're resident or you know they're just kind of coming in and out there, um, there there's some good opportunities, uh, and it's it's also it can be freezing, and it you know th- there's just there's a lot of different usually there's less pressure on the on the river, but it's, it's just harder to find fish. You obviously have success. What is your approach? Um, what, what's your approach to, to finding sections of river that might be holding steelhead in the wintertime? Just trial and error, getting out there and doing it. Um, you know, I've, I've fished one day and I went out there and I fished for eight hours and I didn't, you know, even my bobber never went down once other than being snagged on something or, you know, you go out the next day and there's five or six fish in the same hole. So you're, it's just going out there and doing it and um, learning where most of the holes are is the hardest part or where public land is that you can go and actually access the river from. Um, I do most of mine from the bank. Um, I do have a couple of buddies that have boats that I've been on and um, pretty much they know where most of the main popular holes are or um, yeah, pretty much just getting out there and trying to figure it out yourself. So how long are you spending in a certain section before moving on? Um, I, I would say an hour to a couple hours, depending on, you know, how many drifts you're throwing through there. If you're fishing by yourself or if you're fishing with a buddy, I mean, it really depends on, you know, if you're fishing by yourself, I would say 
give the section an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, you never know, depending on, you know, you could be going deeper or shallower, depending on the water level, um, how fast the current's going. I mean, that, that really depends on, you know, if you're running two beads, because um, in Michigan, you can run two beads, which um, I mainly, when I steelhead fish in the wintertime, I run beads. Um, I don't run any flies or anything like that. Different ways of doing it, but I've, I've always targeted the whole um, going from center pinning to fly fishing. It's a completely different world. So you said, you know, it's trial and error, but really though, let's, let's dig a little deeper. What, um, what do you consider a section? Are you like, is it one hole? Is it a, is it a mile length of the, of the river? Um, and then what, what are you looking for while you're on that bank or, or approaching the river to say that's, that might be a good hole. You know, the river now, but let's just pretend it's a new body of water. What are you looking for? Or maybe, you know, water, uh, uh, depth and and what's the bank look like the, the whole thing talk to us a little about that because i know you're thinking about it yeah um so when i go out to a river i assess um kind of go off of how how deep it is or um if there's any structure around um because most of those fish will sit behind um you know a, a log um any tree down in the water um trying to find any cut in the bank um that a fish can hide um you're looking for gravel um, I mean, they, they want to sit on gravel pretty much all the time, or, you know, you're looking for different colors in the water where it gets darker. You want to fish those darker holes. Um, now different times of the year, you may want to fish something that's four to six foot, or sometimes, um, those, those earlier fish can be in kind of deeper water. So depending on, you know, where you're at, you're, you're always assessing the water from your water level, how fast the water's moving. Um, and it's just trying to figure out, you know, you set your bobber to a certain, because I use a slip bobber. Um, so figuring out, you know, how deep the water actually is. Are you kicking the bottom? Are you close to the bottom? Um, if you are too deep, go shallower. If you're not catching anything after 20, 30 minutes, you know, move your slip knot up or down to figure out, you know, if the fish are sitting higher in the water column, you know, depending on if there's a branch coming off that has some behind it, and you want to fish that seam and understanding that, you know, fish want to find those white bubbles. You know, you're always looking for those seams and anywhere that's going to have oxygen in the water is where you're mainly going to be putting behind. What does that look like? So if, I, if I'm imagining a, a river and you're, I'm standing on one side and I'm looking down, um, you know, there, there could be slow water right in front of me. It could be fast um, and then as I, as I move my eyes from, from the bank I'm on to the bank across and I'm, I'm at what I would consider to be a, a decent hole where that first, that first cast in, are you, are, are you moving from, so I, you know, the, the steelhead are, are when they're, when they're in, they're in. And so I, I'm thinking, but then at the same time, it's, it's a little more finicky in the, in the wintertime. So, and, and you don't want to blow up a spot. So are, are you are you throwing close first? Are you, are you picking a certain seam in the water? Are you going straight across to maybe what the, what the good hole is? And then, and how does that depend on water clarity and, and speed and, and all sorts of stuff? Yeah. So I start further away from me. Um, just because, you know, if you're, if you're fishing a run and you're fishing the seam, so you try to look for anywhere that, you know, if there's a seam, either the, 
the bank or the sand underneath or the rocks underneath, um, you know, you could be looking for a cut and that kind of indicates that there's either a little drop off from where, you know, the river bottom is. And then, you know, those fish will sit behind um, those currents. So you're looking for fast flow water. You're looking for um, any kind of you know, structure in the water that you could fish behind. So I always start further out away from me and then work my way inward um, of casting and setting your your um, your depth in the river. And then um, as far as, you know, understanding where to throw, I, it could be, you could be anywhere. I mean, you want to fish from, you know, five feet away from you to 15 feet. I mean, as far as you can cast, you never know where those fish are actually sitting. So again, it's, you know, just getting out there, understanding, you know, every hole is different every year, depending on, you know, we get torrential floods or, um, you know, the water is super low. You can go out there and see where, you know, some of those, you know, the bottom of the river comes up, um, any, any of the cuts that are down there, um, or, you know, you're coming off from sand to gravel. Um, all of those fish want to sit down there and they're just sitting there and feeding. And th- this, uh, this technique, you're you're primarily, you you said you're running beads in Michigan, double beads, and that's yep. off of a, a center pin or a fly rod. Oh, that's center pinning. So I use um, eleven foot um, center pin rod with a king pin reel, which is just pretty much, it's just a hyped up fly rod that's on bearings. So there's no drag. You are the drag. You get to understand how to fight the fish. You know when to let them run. When you give them too much, you may break off. Um, I typically are, I'm, I'm running, you know, my main line's 15 pounds and I sometimes go down to, you know, an eight, eight pound tippet. I mean, depending on how clear the water is or how dirty the water is, um, it's just a preference of, you know, do you want to fight the fish and understand the health of the fish or do you just want to wrench them in and, you know, say, Hey man, I caught a fish. <laughs> so it, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny when, um, the first time, so out here, uh, the, I guess the local spot to where my house is, is the Clinton river, which spills out into Lake St. Clair. And, um, it's, it's a few miles from my house and there's a, there's a cider mill with a, with a dam and it's not like a, a major dam by any means. Most of the time, it's it's flooded, so it, it just it doesn't even work, and so it. Um, but then other times it it used to before they they also created this cut through which and then they tried plugging it up, and that's a whole other story that keeps getting blown out after spending millions of dollars trying to plug it back up. Because what happened is they used to they used to come in from St. Clair and then stop right there, and it would get loaded with fish. With I mean, everybody would be coming from all over the place, anglers everywhere. And, and then, uh, once they made that cut, they started going up into the system and getting into other, um, smaller creeks and and what have you. But I went out there first with, uh, with a fly rod and gosh, it is, it's super, I feel like it's super tough to get like a, just a drag free drift with, uh, with a fly rod. I mean, compared to using a bait caster or or a center pin. My first time center pinning was a, a couple of years ago, and then I, I really only learned how to cast that thing <coughs> last year. It's completely different, but it's it's uh it's pretty sweet. So you can, you know, when when I'm thinking, gosh, how can she go starting away 
totally makes sense though with a with a with a center pin because you can you can you can dial in pretty far. Yes, yeah, having an eleven foot rod um, definitely helps you getting out there. Now, some of the rods that are out there go up to thirteen foot. So if you're fishing a bigger body of water like the St. Joe, um, it I think it's beneficial to have a longer rod um, just so that you can actually get out in the middle of the river or get out wherever that run is that you're trying to fish. Um, rather than, you know, most of your fly rods go up to, you know, 10 foot at the max. Um, and, you know, some of those you don't really want to use on winter steelheading. Um, you know, your guides freeze more. Um, it's just a lot harder to retrieve your line when you're fly fishing in the wintertime, especially if you're casting further. Um, most of the time, um, you know, you got overhead trees, uh, depending on, you know, how deep if you're standing in the water, if you're just mainly fishing off the bank and that's what I'm mainly fishing off the bank when I'm winter steelhead fishing or if I'm fishing below the Berrien Springs dam then I am standing in a couple foot of water. I think 11 foot seems a lot more manageable than I I was out there with a 13 gosh I want to say it was even 13 and a half it was just obnoxious too too big it's it's a it's a raven and and for a first time center pinner I it took me a while to even get the hang of it. I'm I'm still a terrible. There's there's real no, there's really no finesse to my my casting ability with with that thing. And, and you know I I don't do it all through the year. So then I'll it'll probably be a, a big learning curve when I go back out there this year to try it. But I I think um, for a lot of those tighter waters, um, gosh that that 11 foot sounds pretty appealing. Have, have you used a um, like a 13 versus 11 and you, you decided to go to 11? Yeah. Um, I started with a 13. Um, it was a Nova rod. He's out of Michigan and, um, it was just so much harder for me to learn how to cast, especially like, you know, I didn't know how to waltz cast, which, you know, you pull the line off the reel and it, it gets the line out faster rather than some people just swing the rod, um, depending on, you know, what kind of, if you're standing on the bank or you're standing on the river, I mean, you kind of set what kind of cast you're going to do. And um, I think it helps you fight the fish a little better. Um, but I, I definitely enjoy having that 11 foot. I feel like I'm more in control. You know, I can get the fish to the bank faster and into the, into the net a little easier than having that 13 foot rod. All right, let's, let's get, uh, let's get into rod and reel. So um, 11 foot uh, bait caster, you described what, what the, uh, and not bait caster, center pin. You just you, you kind of described what the center pin is. What what's your what's your whole line setup? Go from line to um to to bottom bead. What what's your whole setup? Um, so I start with um, a foot bobber. Um, I'm running uh, normally around eleven gram bobber, um, and. Um, and then from there, you know, you have your, your float on there and then you have your bead and then you have, which is on all on your main line. And then, um, which I run about 15 to 20 pound main line. And then from there you go down to a swivel and then from there, you're going to connect your, I run about eight pounds, eight to 10 pounds in the winter time, um, for your tippet. And then from there, you're going to have your first hook with your bead above it, of course, and it has to be so far above your hook. Um, How far above then, do you I, think? Um, I run it about two inches, inch okay. and a half uh, above your hook. And then I'm fingers? running normally. Yeah. I'm running um, normally a 10 mil bead, uh, eight mil, depending on the water clarity and what color I'm using. I'm always changing them out. 
Um, and then I pre-tie all those so that when I'm out there fishing, if I want to tie something different on, I just clip off that bottom tippet and then I just put on a new tippet with different, um, different beads. So normally I run a bigger bead on top and then underneath that bead, I'll run about a foot, foot and a half section of another piece of tippet. And then I'm connecting that next, um, bead and hook on the bottom, which I run a smaller bead on the bottom. Okay. Um, and, and what, uh, what's your go-to colors? Uh, normally sharp truth, uh, wintertime's a good one. Um, more of like a peach row color is really good. Um, blue beads out of Michigan. Amazing, amazing company. Um, I've used them multiple times. Um, other than that, I mean, it's just going out there and figuring out, you know, do they want something that's a little more pastel color of a bead? Do they want something that has some kind of, you know, natural color or swirl in it? Um, every, of course, every bead is different. There's not, there's not, you know, the same bead out there if you're going for color. Um, I mean, there's thousands of bead companies and thousands of different, uh, you know, sizes and different names for everything nowadays and just going out there and trying it and see which ones work. And you know, I've fished one day, I've fished a sharpshoes, you know, 10 millimeter bead and caught fish on that, a couple fish, and then went back the next day and I never got a bite on that bead. I mean, it, it just, it just depends on you getting out there and seeing if the water's the same, maybe it's a little dirtier from yesterday than it was today. You got a little bit of runoff from the winter and um, just getting out there and learning how to do it. Every day is different. What do you think about if, um, if you, so let's say you have some, some skein left over from, uh, from salmon season or you have, um, or heck steelhead season, or you have, um, how, actually, how, how how do you feel about that? Targeting steelhead? Uh, are you using? Would, would you ever? Would you ever use? Uh, like, what? What do you like? Salmon eggs or steelhead eggs? It depends on if you're winter fishing. Um, I normally stick with king eggs um, or browns. Browns is probably the most common common egg around here, but it's hard to find. But you know, everybody in Michigan, there's plenty of kings to oh, yeah. you know harvest a few. Um, to to keep the eggs and cure them. Um, I've never particularly ran um, skein in the winter time, um, but I do run spawn sacks, which is just do you? Um, loose loose eggs that um, sometimes I put little float beads in there and tie up the sacks. Or and those also have different colors. You know, you have um, purple. There's sharp truth. There's peach. There's white. Um, and and those are also great to have in the winter time. Okay. And, and those different colors are, are what imitating um, length of time they've been in the water or, or what is, what is that significance? Yep. So if you go from like orange down to pastel, um, so that would be, you know, your orange are your typical normal color row of um, skin color, or you go down to like a pastel white. I've caught steelhead off of a, literally a white bead that I, I picked up from Hobby Lobby, um, awesome. which is like almost, see-through i mean you you wouldn't believe that the stuff that these fish eat <laughs> that's super cool man so you uh so you make your own sometimes too or you just pick them up from hobby lobby i, have, I haven't heard that but i'm gonna i'm gonna trust you on that one I'm, I'm gonna try that out um and and then when you're when you're going to let's say you're not having some success you haven't had a bobber down um 
you said you spend about an hour on a, on a section. Are you just like pulling out completely? Or are you going to look for new, new holes? What's your strategy there? Um, it depends on what section of the river you're fishing on. If there's water to keep fishing, that's still public to fishermen or, um, I've fished on, you know, private land and I've you know, had to go knock on doors and ask, Hey, um, you know, this is a really good fishing hole. I'm not keeping the fish. I don't keep any of my, um, steelhead or anything like that. They all get released because I don't use steelhead. And then, um, pretty much just depending on the section, um, you know, moving 30, 40 yards up or downstream. Um, and if that section, you know, doesn't work out, then I'm going down um, to the next private public spot that, you know, you're allowed to fish. Very cool. Oh, that's, that's winter steelhead. Are you ever targeting Browns? Cause you did, you did mention Browns there for a second. So it got me curious. Is, is this a, is this a time to target them on the bodies of water that are open or are you strictly targeting steel? I'm strictly targeting steelhead. And then, um, you know, I've, I've done smallmouth fishing on the St. Joe. Um, I don't really target Browns. Um, we don't have too many, um, in the St. Joe that I, I know of. Um, I've never honestly caught one out of the St. Joe. I've caught a couple out of the Dwajack River, which is a branch off of the St. Joe. Um, and they do stock those with Browns. Um, but other than that, no, I, I went to, um, a couple weeks ago, I went up to Milwaukee and did, um, some brown trout fishing up there and man, their fish are just ginormous. Really? What about, um, so when you say you're going after some smallmouth, are you still, are you working with a fly or are you spin fishing? I'm spin fishing at that point. I bake after. Yeah. Okay. Similar sections of water. Um, yeah, about the same sections of water. I've caught them on a bead. Um, I've caught carp on a bead. I've caught, um, uh, you know, kings. I've caught pretty much everything that pretty much lives in the river. I've at least caught once on a, on a bead. Oh, that's so. pretty cool. And then as the, uh, as the winter turns into, um, the spring run, do strategies change? Or are you sticking to the to a similar thing, just more fish to choose from? Uh, I'm pretty much sticking to the same setup. Um, I may change out my bead color or go a little smaller on my beads. Um, but other than that, it's pretty much the same. You know, I'm curious out of that one because um, I've heard uh, – and, and I've, I've, tried, I've had success doing this, and I've also, you know, not had success. So I, I really don't know if it's, if it's true or not. But sometimes in those spring runs – and I, I wonder what I want. I wonder what you think about this. So, spring run steelhead they they uh, they get hammered pretty good in Michigan, especially on your more popular bodies of water. And so, mm-hmm. sometimes I I've been told that they might be still a little lethargic, depending on on uh, like if it's cold outside or if it's warm. And let, let's just say it, 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 that, that might not be the case, or they've just been targeted by by the, the regular size um, fly or bead that you, or, or just let's say fly, the, the regular size fly, that um, egg pattern that you would get from your, your typical fly shop. And, and so I've been told to cut off a little bit and make it like super small, really, really small. And, and I've had a lot of success doing that and then doing completely different colors that have nothing to do with... Um, you know, the, the, the regular egg pattern, but it, 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 
they, they, you know, so it, I tried that thinking, huh, that, you know, that, that could be interesting because I'm striking out here with, with my chartreuse and oranges and, and pinks and stuff like that. And in one year I, I lights out. And then the next year I tried doing the same thing when I wasn't having success with the regular stuff. And I, you know, I, I couldn't get them to bite anything. So what, what are, what are your thoughts on, on their behavior changes around that time this, between this winter and, and spring run? Um, they, they definitely are um, lethargic just a little bit. Um, you know, they're coming in from a somewhat decently warm lake into a smaller body of water that's colder. Um, they're not going to fight as hard, and they're looking for everything on the river that's kind of smaller, something that they don't have to work for too much. Um, you know, you, you always want to downsize on your flies um, just because of everything that's in the river. Um, they're not going to get a bigger size like they are in the summertime because, of, you know, the sun's not going to. Uh, help produce anything in the river that's going to be a decent size to eat. Yeah. When you're, when you're fighting these, you, so you hook up with uh, a nice steelhead. Um, and let's say it is, it's below you. What, how, how are you fighting that to, to bring it in? If you're solo out there with not with uh, no net, no, uh, um, no net guy. Yeah. So most of the time, yeah, I'm fishing by myself about 80% of the time. Um, so I, I am my net man. Um, so what I do is I just understand that rod management is a huge thing, you know, always pointing your your rod upriver um, behind you. If you're going to net the fish, um, you know, you never want your your rod tip to be downriver away from the fish. Um, so uh, understanding how to control the fish with your rod is, is a huge huge thing to understand and learn, um, especially when you're out there by yourself. Now, are you, what, what size net are you using when you're out there by yourself? A, a pretty decent size. I mean, I've, I've caught, you know, four pound steelhead and I've caught, you know, a 12 pound steelhead. It all depends on, um, like I, a I longer handle I, or, or, uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One that extends. And you keep it on the bank or you throw it in behind you or how, how do you, Cause that, that's just, I mean, one, I'm just trying to get a fish to bite. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I want, I want a nibble and a bobber down, get excitement. Now the, like the, the work starts and the, those things, sometimes they just run. Sometimes they jump. Sometimes they just like to fight you right there. And, um, and now are, are you running over to the, are you, are you figuring out a way to get to the bank to gr- Oh, well, I guess you're standing on the bank. So yeah, most right of the time when I'm winter fishing, yeah, most of the time when I'm winter fishing, I'm pretty much on the bank. So it's either, you know, up against a tree, it's laying on the ground. Um, I do have a magnet um, that attaches to my waders so that I can just um, grab the lanyard and then get my net from there. But pretty much, um, if I'm fishing the St. Joe, my net is pretty much on the ground. And then you're you're obviously not. Uh, are, well, maybe you are. Are you're uh, hand lining it in, or are you, are you trying to get it to the reel? Um, it's, it's all from the reel. So pretty much, you know, when you set the hook, um, you're pretty much, you're, you're reeling in at that point. Um, you you know, hand lining, it's not like fly fishing. Um, it's all just one big, big reel. Heck yeah. Huh? Well, are you, uh, any plans for getting out this winter so far? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I've, I've, we've been out ice fishing multiple times. Um, so ice fishing season is pretty much done for us down here. Um, which is, a great thing for the river, everything's starting to um, melt and run off. And then uh, we should be seeing an open river here in the next couple of weeks. We got some 
50 degree weather going on. So that's definitely going to push some fish in. Absolutely. Well, Haley, I, I, uh, we're, we're getting to the end here and I was wondering, do you have any last remarks? I mean, thank you so much for, uh, dropping a bunch of knowledge and explaining your setups. And I, uh, I didn't, I didn't get any secret spots from you of, uh, of St. Joe. You left it pretty broad. Maybe, uh, maybe any pointers on, on where to go. Um, pretty much just drive around and see where everybody else is fishing. Uh, a good part is to start at a dam system. Um, talk to locals, go down there. Um, I mean, just be, be friendly and be honest and be like, Hey, you know, you know, any good spots to try any public spots that I should, you know, check out. Um, just pretty much getting out there and doing it is, is the hardest thing. And, uh, if you don't know somebody that, you know, goes out and fishes, just honestly ask them and they'll be more than happy to take you. Heck yeah. And, um, and you, you have a, a pretty solid, um, storyline going on on different social media platforms and and you post uh you post a lot of of your success stories and um and even just just attempts at and it's it's pretty cool how, how do uh how can people find you um so i do have an instagram and a facebook um, my instagram handle is h h a h n 169 which is h hon at 169 um and then my facebook is just Hahn. love it well, hey, Haley, is there any uh, any final thoughts? No, I just get out there and do it. Yes, you heard it from Haley. Haley, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate you taking the time and dropping some knowledge. And I, I look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you for some maybe last uh, last ditch efforts of ice fishing, but if not, definitely uh, winter winter fishing for uh, chasing steelhead. What do you think? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You take care, and until next time, we're signing off.